Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. This is the Game Week 31 preview. My name is Siva. I'm joined by Sam. And Sam, I want to start right off with one of the most exciting matches of the season. 2-2 draw, you know, very late comeback, uh, a much better team just being held in the end by a far inferior team. I am, of course, talking about United v Sevilla. It's a good thing we are an FPL podcast, Siva, and not a UCL or UEL podcast. How does a team that has been leading for, well, I think it was, what, 80 minutes, gives up two goals, and both goals were, yeah. yeah, and both goals were such, I mean, they were like such FIFA goals, you know, DDA kind of goals, right? It's the first time a team has considered two own goals in a European knockout match, if I'm not mistaken. What's up with United? I mean, you lost Varane through injury, you lost Lisandro Martinez through injury, Bruno suspended for the second leg, which does actually, I mean, we're talking about European football, but all this does actually have knock-on effects on the Premier League as well. What's happening with United? Are you, are you feeling worried going into the Forest game? Can you compartmentalize these two things? Because I feel like you can't. I am worried, but luckily I don't own, I mean, I own United assets, but they're all injured, so they're not going to play. So it's all right. Just wait for them to come back, I think. Okay, so that's very good for you, Sam, for, for the rest of us. <laughs> okay, what, what do you own? Like, Rashford, okay. Shaw? Anyone okay. else owns a United player who is not Rashford or Shaw? Bruno? Are you talking about Bruno? Yeah, I'm talking about Bruno. And I think a fair few people, he's not like a overly popular asset, but a fair few people did bring in Bruno for the double, where he ended up playing as a defensive midfielder. Fine. He still Deep seemed to be playing... playmaker, Siva. Okay, fine. You know, semantics. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Deep-flying playmaker against Everton. To be fair, against Everton, I thought Bruno was absolutely robbed of a return. Like, if Anthony could hit a ball and could actually finish a chance, then Bruno Rashford, would have fallen. Yeah. Rashford missed four big chances. As a non-Rashford captain, I would say I was very worried <laughs> looking, looking at the stats at halftime. He's had way less XG and still hold, you know, Rashford. And even Bruno, I think he had, what, XGI of 1.61, which is apparently the fourth best of all plays in Game Week 30. Six key passes, two big chances, more than one XA, still didn't get anything. So compiling all that in together. But then, and Bruno did get an assist yesterday for Sabitzer's, I think it was his first goal. Yeah, he got it for the first goal. Let's start off with, you know, the smaller question before we get to Rashford. People who own Bruno Fernandes, i got to be honest with you, Sam, I don't want to sell because I really feel like a return is due and Forrest haven't won a game. Nottingham Forest have not won in their last nine. So, I mean, you have to go 10 games back, like the start of February, two months ago, to find Forrest even winning a game. Do you hold on to Bruno Fernandes? I would think so, yeah. I'm sure you have bigger fires in your team to put out than Bruno Fernandes, who is at least, at the very least, guaranteed to play. You know, you you, you might have Rashford you want to take out, Shaw, Chilwell, maybe someone you want to take out as well, Madison, although new manager, so who knows, right? New manager bounce, but I would take out Madison. In fact, I am taking out Madison this week. So I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Bruno... 
You know, no one's team is so perfect that Bruno is your is the worst problem in your team right now. Alright, fine. So that's the, the logical argument. Right, let's park that. Now let's talk about the other United players who you might own. You mentioned Rashford. So let's talk about Rashford because there's a lot of talk. And at the start of the week, I was quite open to selling Rashford because I am i don't care. Like if you're injured, you're injured. I, team value at this point of the season, I feel with less than 10 game weeks left, it's not really that important. But there was a question yesterday to uh, Eric Ten Hag from uh, Guardian reporter Jamie Jackson. And Ten Hag did say that there is a chance Rashford could be back for the second leg. So the second leg... Severe United play Severe on the 20th of April. That is actually 10 days before game week 34. So I think it sounds like there is a chance that Rashford could actually be fit for double game week 34. For those of us who have free hit left and are playing it in game week 32, very team dependent. But if you have free hit and you're going with 32, then surely you can hold on to Rashford, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Little spoiler for my team, but I, I am holding on to Rashford. However, I think at this point, you just got to attack. I mean, there's only eight game weeks left. Um, some teams have double game weeks, but you have only eight game weeks left. There's not much long-term, per se, planning you can do. So if Rashford is the worst um, spot in your team, like the only player who you, you want to take out, then yeah, I, I don't mind doing that. However, right now, I feel optimizing my starting 11 is more important. I don't mind sticking Rashford on the bench because um, i rather transfer Madison out. <laughs> um, so yeah, again, spoiler alert for the, my moves this week, but probably will transfer Madison out um, and get someone else in and then just leave Rashford on the bench. I think it's all about optimizing your first 11 right now with so few game mix left. Yeah, I think... Most of us ought to have, because, you know, we all wildcarded reasonably recently. Maybe some are still kept on the wildcard, in which case, you know, you're fine either way. You can sell it. You've got no issues getting Rashford back. But for those of us who wildcarded recently, you'll definitely have at least a playing defender on the bench. A, a Botman, a Rico Henry, a Ben Mee, somebody. So I don't think selling Rashford is a very high priority, particularly given that he is such a high-level asset who scores almost every week anyway. So that when he is fit, and it sounds like, like I, we can only go with the information we have, but I feel like if he had no chance of being back for 34, Ten Hag wouldn't have been even slightly optimistic. The fact that he thinks he's got a chance for the second leg, that's almost two weeks you know, before game week 34. I think he's an okay hold. Madison, yeah. So why don't you talk to me more about Madison and selling? I, I can't see an argument against this simply because Leicester have been awful. Their fixtures aren't great. Maybe you're not buying into the Dean Smith manager bounce, though? Yeah, I think... Look, the past few weeks, Leicester has been terrible. Madison, we gave him a chance in the early fixtures. Nothing much came out of it. And now they have hard fixtures coming. They're playing City this week. It's about as good a week to jump off as it could be. I wasn't quite surprised to see that if it was actually Madison who made the error for the goal against uh, Bournemouth. It was his... Well, basically his back pass that led to Billing scoring. What's up with Leicester and in general? Is it just like, has Madison just checked out? Do you feel like... Because Leicester, in previous seasons, we would always say, you know, Leicester, especially against the big teams, kind of turn up and they're hard to beat. Is that just not going to happen anymore? Yeah. I I think 
I don't know. <laughs> I since United hired Rafaelnik, right? I've always had a bad feeling whenever a team hires someone to be an interim manager, because from what I've learned in that short period, the players kind won't don't respect the manager if they know that there's no chance of him staying on beyond the season. Especially someone like Madison, who was very close to leaving. Um, I think I'm I'm no sports journalist. I don't have insider information, but I would think he would have preferred to left actually. Um, but Leicester probably didn't want to let him go. So taking all that into account, I just don't think the Leicester players are very motivated to give it their all. And he's not exactly cheap, you know. He's 8.2. So that's why I'd rather sell him over Rashford this week because you can get better players in. Okay, all fair points. Now you say that let's talk about replacements for Madison and for those who are selling Rashford, you know, either way, they, they both work. Uh, let's sort of go through price brackets, starting off at the cheaper range. Because, Sam, you mentioned interim managers don't work. But obviously, you're forgetting that somebody who is an interim manager and appears to be working a masterclass as we speak, Crystal Palace under Roy Hodgson. So 5-1, they smashed Leeds at the weekend. Michael Olise had a hat-trick of assists. Michael Olise, Sam, who, who you've always spoken about, Michael Olise, you've always been very positive about him. Is he the guy you're bringing in for James Madison? And if not, you know, why? That's a good point, actually. Um, two fixtures is too small a sample size for me to really comprehensively say that Roy Hodgson is the answer to all of Crystal Palace's problems. But I have to say, they were really impressive. I am just aiming higher, I think, right now. If you are looking for someone in that price range, right, I think... Olise, Olise is a really good option to have. No doubles though. So I'm hanging on to my two Brighton boys who are at the same price range, right? I'm going up for medicine, trying to maximize the points in these next few weeks, I guess. Or at least maximize the ceiling. Okay, so you mentioned Brighton, right? Let's talk about Brighton this week. Actually, no, let's talk about what happened to Brighton last week because... You you may know, Sam, I have all three Brighton mids, okay? And I told you they were all really good value. And they've all been returning every single week. And last week, because of, basically just because of VAR, right? Karamitoma should have scored. Like, he scored a goal which hit his shoulder, but referee disallows it for handball. It would have been a McAllister assist. Karamitoma then gets fouled by Hoiberg. It's a clear pen. Hoiberg puts up his hand to say, I didn't do anything which is like the most clear giveaway that he did do something. It's a pen. Referee doesn't give it. Would have been a McAllister pen. After the match, uh, the head of the referee's association had to apologize to Brighton and say, you know, we messed up, which seems to be their only job. Every week, they're apologizing to someone. So all three mids could have returned because Solimarch had an assist from a corner, got two bonus points, seemed really good on bonus because he's on set pieces. Brighton have, for me, the easiest fixture of the season this week. Right, They go to Stamford Bridge and play Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Frank Lampard, who, surprise, surprise, the talentless coach has lost both his first two games. Seems clearly like he doesn't have any tactical plan. He's messing about formations, lineups. Doesn't seem to know what he's doing. I, I think Brighton are going to go there and smash Chelsea. I agree, actually. So I am playing all my Brighton players this week. Very unfortunate that they were robbed of halls, multiple halls, especially if you own multiple Brighton players, right? 
Um, if you have Mitoma and McAllister, whoa, that could have easily been an extra, I don't know, 15 to 20 points, maybe? 24 points. I mean, goal assist, goal assist for both of them. I, I'm mm. furious, mate. Yeah, 24 points. Season-defining, especially at this stage of this, this business end of the season, I guess. But yeah, look good. Chelsea is bad. Again, um, back to my interim manager theory, I guess. Chelsea players just don't look like they are convinced by Frank Lampard himself. So, why yeah. would you be? I mean, he's got no <laughs> tactics. His his post. I'm sorry, I'm really annoyed by Frank Lampard because you got an army of journalists who seem to be very convinced that he was the solution when he was appointed. I've seen so many articles. Sensible appointment. He will improve the mood. What nonsense! His his entire they did nothing against the Wolves. They haven't scored a goal this and like. For four games, something, I think, right? yeah, four games in a row. If they keep this up, their goal of the month competition is just going to be, you know, <laughs> like they won't have one. And all Lampard can do in the post match is say, "Oh, the players need to believe more, and they need to understand what it means to play for Chelsea." Like, who cares? How yeah. most of these players were there the first time this didn't work, and Lampard's whole deal was, the first time round, the moment they had some money, bought some players, he didn't know what to do. That's exactly what they've done now. So I see no logical reason. Like, I'm trying to sit here because I have two Chelsea players. I've got Kepa and Chilwell. I'm trying to sit down and see any reason that I should keep either of them. They don't, their only double is going to be probably in game week 37 against City and United. So they're going to get smashed in both those games. I don't think their fixtures in between that Brentford, Arsenal, not great. Okay, Bournemouth Forest is okay. And then they end the, the season with Newcastle. The players look checked out. They've already lost to Madrid. So technically, almost nothing to play for. Regardless of the fact that Chilwell starts this week, I'm more inclined to like sell my Chelsea players, including Chilwell. Oh yeah, I would love to. It's just that in the priority of players I need to sell, I think Madison is slightly above Chelsea players. If you don't have Madison, then I would definitely put your Chelsea players at the top. Okay, so we've agreed that the Brighton players are going to smash Chelsea. I like it. I, I, I'm glad that you're, you're with me on this. Side. But it sounds like Brighton midfielder will not be your replacement for James Madison. I'm guessing because you have to... I already maxed out because um, I have Estupinan as well. I'm maxed out on Brighton. And it's, I think um, even if you don't have faith in Brighton in the next few fi- fixtures, it's, they are cheap enough to bench and they have a good double in 34. So... Yeah, just hold on to your Brighton for this, I guess. Yeah, they, they were robbed last week. So you should totally ignore that and uh, just accept the fact that they're just going to keep doing what they're doing. They've been great so far. I see. You know, unless you can't play free hit in 32, let's say you don't have it anymore, then yeah, then maybe you've got a reason to sell because they do blank. Otherwise, at hold, they should have at least three double game weeks, 34, 36, 37, which is amazing. Brighton aside, and I... Let's keep working, Sam, because I, I, I want to know your James Madison replacement, but I want to get there myself. Like, I feel like the journey is going to be the reward here. So, <laughs> the, so obviously... The, the real destination is the journey along the way, something like that. No, I think it's the real reward is the, the friends you make along the way, mate. You completely messed up the saying, but... <laughs> anyway... Okay, okay, okay. Let's continue on our journey, Siva. So, obviously, your replacement for... James Madison will be the man, the, the legend of FPL, the, who who was so close to a mega hall this week. I was hiding behind my couch, but somehow he was prevented by the best keeper this season, the best keeper in the league, right? Mo Salah, okay? 
scored against Arsenal. Should have scored two. Probably could have scored three if he had. If he learned, like he seems to have PTSD from his last penalty miss because he did basically the exact same thing against Bournemouth. He did it against Arsenal. Put it way wide. They've got Leeds who just lost five one. Is this not the time to go for Salah finally? Especially assuming you have the budget because decent fixtures, double in thirty four. Liverpool have full, been fully rested. No other competitions to worry about. It's got to be Salah, right? Yep. Great. And it's weird, right? Because I think um, we've been kind of going off on Liverpool as a whole, right? Like, they're a horrible team this year, blah, blah, blah. Me, both of us have been really, really uh, negative on Liverpool. But I think it's time, Siva. It's time. Last eight game weeks of the season, I started the season with Salah, I end with Salah. He's been looking better the last few weeks, I have to admit. And despite them playing two away games in the double, he was close to hauling. And um, and then against Arsenal. This week, they're away against Leeds. Now, I'm not saying Liverpool are going to play better. I think there's a very good chance they might lose or draw to Leeds away. They seem to play well at home, terrible away, but I think Salah could still come away with a haul. The matchup looks good. Um, if any of you are on Twitter, check out. You know there are a few threads that does matchups, and it looks like on Salah's flank against Leeds, it might go well. It looks good, and then a home game against Forest next week. Although you know I'll be playing my free hit anyway. Then West Ham, who's kind of bad, and then two home games in double thirty four. I think it's time if you can afford it. Yeah, I was just actually Sam. I, I just said Salah just to mess with you because I thought you hate Salah. So I was quite sure it wouldn't be. <laughs> and he's a differential, weirdly enough, because not many active managers will have Salah. I think at this point they will by the time thirty four comes around. I think unless they're priced out by having Kane and Haaland or something like that. But but yeah, I think it's time. I am doing medicine to Salah this week. Part of the reason why I'm selling medicine over Rashford actually is because I can't, I couldn't do Rashford to Salah. Um, so I planned medicine to Salah even before the latest injury news about Rashford came out. And now that it looks like he'll be back for 34, even better. So Salah in this week for me. Uh, there, there are differing opinions about the matchup. So I FPL Lens, good friend of the pod. Uh, I Gabe, I, I know he feels that the matchup is much better on the left flank uh, against Luke Ayling. Makes sense because Luke Ayling can't defend. The issue is hard to predict who starts on the left. Could be Jota, could be Gakpo. Um, Diaz apparently is also close to full fitness. So I think you, if you need a nailed attacker, it's only going to be Salah. You did mention uh, other threads and I did see, I think it's a there's a, usually a Twitter thread from Fantasypedia who posts every week with chances conceded down the flanks. And Leeds have conceded a lot down the right flank as well. Junior Fopo obviously plays on that side. I don't think... I try not to read too much into this because ultimately uh, you could ha- concede a lot of chances down a flank. But especially when you get somebody like, say, Kaoru Mitoma, who tends to beat all these people and then cut it back for the guy in the center. So it doesn't always work out the way. So I try not to read too much into that. The fact that Leeds have just conceded five goals. They've conceded 14 in their last five. I think that's already quite good. Hard to read Liverpool, very Jekyll and Hyde, right? Because the first 30 minutes against Arsenal, they looked awful. They looked like they were going to get smashed 4-0. But by the end of the match, Arsenal were just clinging on with their bare lives. I really don't 
have a confident read on Liverpool, which is why I'm kind of scared about going in for Salah. Like you, Sam, I don't have Kane. So probably that's something as well that we should address. Okay, Salah does have the double in 34, but Kane has arguably, like, I mean, especially this week, Kane has the better fixture. He plays Bournemouth at home. Are you comfortable? Because for me, and I assume for you, the sacrifice of owning Salah means you're not going to have Kane probably for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, um, I have Ollie Watkins. Who needs Kane when you have Watkins, right? <laughs> Kane is just a more expensive Ollie Watkins. The the thinking man's Ollie Watkins, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now nah, okay. He Kane does worry me this week in particular. Because um every team who plays at home against Bournemouth tend to haul. But over the next few game weeks, I think Salah is the way to go. I I am kinda convinced or <laughs> that Salah would well outscore Kane over the next five weeks, including the double. So so I'm happy to go with Salah. Not necessarily this week, but in the next five weeks. Yeah, I think this is probably the last week in the season where Kane outright has a much better fixture or has even a better fixture than Salah because he's playing Bournemouth at home. After this, it's Newcastle in 32, United, Liverpool, Palace, Villa, Brentford, Leeds until the end of the season. No doubles, as we mentioned. So unless you already own Kane, I don't think I would be buying. I'm with you that Salah is the better option over Kane. But is Salah the better option? Or for people who can't afford him, surely the obvious move this week, Sam, the popular move, and tend, the popular moves tend to work out well. Jack do Grealish. They, do they, Siva? Do they well, Jack Grealish, Sam, because you, I feel like you mentioned that Jack Grealish was doing very well a few weeks ago. And in usual Sam fashion, you you did nothing about it and you didn't bring him in. And he has been hauling, I mean, back-to-back 12-point hauls. And so now in very that, Sam fashion, now that everyone wants to bring him in, I don't want to bring him in anymore. Yeah, because now it's not cool anymore and you want to be cool. <laughs> I, I get that. Actually, I don't. I think I think you need to like see somebody about this because I feel like you have this, you know, I want something. Oh, you I don't want it anymore. It, it's a, yeah. it's, I'm it, addicted to differentials. That's my problem. Yeah, that's not healthy. I have a problem. Why not Grealish against Leicester? As we mentioned, right? Leicester seem to have checked out. And especially if you have free hit in 32, isn't Grealish the easy pick? Plus, Grealish would have more doubles than Salah. City should double in 34 and 37. I mean, way cheaper. So if it saves your budget, you can be more flexible in what who you move. And probably the only way you benefit from a City attack because... We all own Haaland. We're all going to captain Haaland this week. So Grealish is the only way you actually get something out of this game. Not if everyone else has Grealish. Let's put it another way. If you don't have Grealish and everyone does, you're going to be in favor. Um, I don't know. I I like Grealish as a player. Always did. Especially before his move to City, right? He served my FL team very well back when he was in Villa. Just because he had two back-to-back hauls, come on, don't, you don't expect him to haul like that every week. Um, because from the way he plays, it's more a assist here, a goal there kind of thing. He ticks along nicely for his price, especially at seven. It's pretty cheap. 
So that's why I like Grealish. However, right now I have the option to do Salah and I think Salah has a higher ceiling. I'm doing quite badly, Siva. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> My overall rank is bad. Eight game weeks left. I need players with higher ceilings. Um, I can't be playing the shield pick every time. I can't be doing the shield pick every week. It'll get me nowhere. This is very interesting, Sam. See, I told you, we, dis- we discussed this off-pod, but I stopped checking rank uh, after the World Cup because I think I was at somewhere like 700k and I didn't want to know. So last week, I accidentally checked and I'm around 50k, which is nice. I haven't checked uh, since then. Like, I don't know what my rank is after gaming 30. And I don't want to know. And I- I'll tell you why, Sam. Exactly what you just told me. Like, you're picking Grealish. You know, you're not picking Grealish because you feel that you need to chase a ceiling pick. But, no, but yeah, okay. I, I on, think on, on. no. What I think you're not picking Grealish because you feel everyone else is going to get him, so therefore he's not a differential. You won't haul, and even if he does haul, his points won't be differential enough for you to climb. But this is exactly why they want to check rank after World Cup because it's very tiring. You you you're trying to sort of like beat the the crowd, but I feel like you need to sort of like it's it's hard. But psychologically, you need to sort of not think about rank and just think. Like, who is the guy who I want more because they will get more points? Or who do I yeah, back yeah. more in this run? And I feel and if you... I feel would that's you back you Grealish over Salah in this run? Because I back Salah over, over Grealish in the next few weeks. I think Salah has a higher ceiling. It's hard to say, right? See, Grealish has started, what is it, 11 games in a row. It Okay, I mean, it's hard to say with Pep. You know, if, if Grealish, like, looks at him funny or something... Pep could probably banish him forever and, and send him to the reserves. That's quite common with Pep. But if he can hold on, he's playing for the form team in the league. In fact, I am quite scared that City are just going to walk with the title now because they are winning uh, week in, week out. The margins are getting bigger and bigger. They have oh, yeah. really this, good fixtures. This is the, the point of the season where City is like, okay, let's just win every single game we have left. Every game, 3-0, 4-0. And then somehow steal the title. Like, that's what they do, right? Yeah, I mean, they're going into full Thanos mode, kind of, you know. They're just winning each game each week. Grealish does have the extra double, which it's just one extra fixture. But I think that counts for a lot, especially if you're free-hitting in 32. You get two doubles. Fulham, West Ham, Leicester, Arsenal, you know, in this next stretch. Even Arsenal at home. Like, I, I don't feel confident about Arsenal's chances against City, especially with, you know, trying to keep a clean sheet. Leicester, they could probably smash them, you know, 5-6-0. They've already beaten Bayern 3-0. So there isn't that much of a motivation for Pep to limit minutes. Whereas if it had been a 1-0, then maybe I would be more concerned. But you'd expect Grealish to at least get 60, if not closer to 90 this week. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just feel like City is a more predictable team than Liverpool. I That's maybe not a good way to look at it because you should look at the player to player rather than team to team. But Liverpool have just been so unpredictable. Like, they beat United 7-0 and then lost to Bournemouth the week after. So I, I have no way of accurately reading them as a team. Whereas I can tell you now that City are going to beat Leicester and it's just a question of how many goals. I hear you, Siva. I, I do. And I think... Now, what I said about um, differentials and things like that was half joking, half serious, I guess. But genuinely, I feel Salah has... Just a higher ceiling, a lower floor, perhaps, because um, of how unpredictable. I'm I'm talking about over the course of the next five games, let's say five game weeks, a lower floor because at any point, 
Liverpool could, you know, lose 2-0 and then he gets, he comes up with nothing. But a higher ceiling because definitely, you know, he's going to play every game. He's going to still be the main um, goal scorer of the team. And they're really going to push up, hopefully, to try and secure an European place. Whereas for City, yes, I do expect the team to to beat everyone comprehensively for the next few, uh, uh, up to the end of the season. But I don't know, is it recency bias that suddenly Jack Grealish, just because he has um three games in a row, right? If you include Champions League where he returned. But then before that, he can go three, four game weeks without a return at all. Playing well, Pep still loves him, so he starts because he helps Pep to control the game, but not necessarily an end product type of player. It's absolutely recent bias. I mean, if he hadn't had these back-to-back calls, we wouldn't be discussing it because Grealish has never been, or at least it's been a really, really long time since Grealish was that guy. So, no, I mean, even in Villa, he was kind of a like, he wouldn't haul every week, right? A goal here, one week blank, two assists another week. Kind of ticks along over the season kind of player. Price notwithstanding, right? Of course, if you can't of reach, course, of course, and yeah. price is a factor, then, you know, Jack Grealish is definitely better value, I would say. But if price is not a factor, which is, I think at this point of the season, I'm willing to spend as much as I can just to optimize and get the best team out. I am going for Salah. In that way, I'm kind of jealous of people who own Kane because for them, the choice is pretty easy. You just go Grealish because you can't afford anything else. Whereas for us, you actually have to make a decision. Oddly enough, Sam, you're, you're, what you're doing is probably the sort of, you know, quote-unquote, the optimal decision or whatever because if you look at predicted points and so on, Salah is predicted to outscore Grealish over this period simply because, and I think that comes with Salah's track record. He's on, well, we think he's on fans. Klopp did say he has to think about it. <laughs> Yeah. But I just, I, I feel like it is hard for Klopp to sit down and, you know, your talisman, your, your, basically the entire guy you've built your club around, he's, you've given him this massive contract. Can you really take away penalties from him just because of two misses? I feel like that just, it feels like it would be harsh. It would be harsh, but not unjustifiable, I would say. But this is all speculation, right? We don't know. We don't know for sure. So I, I wouldn't factor the fact that he might be offense into my thinking as of now. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned Salah and you did talk about Grealish. Let's just say you are in a position. And again, we mentioned this at the top of the show. A lot of us are where we don't have to make a midfielder transfer. If you don't, do you then... You know, if you're going to defense and let's say you want to sell Chilwell, for example, let's say you have that luxury or you want to sell one of your Brentford defenders or so on, who's the defender you bring in this week? And again, it comes back to City and Liverpool. These are the two teams we're talking about. Particularly, if you have a free hit in 32, City look like they have really good fixtures. It seems like, I mean, touch wood, you know, very famous last words with Pep, but it seems like they have a settled defensive lineup now with Ake, Diaz, Akanji and then Stones plays DM. Do you yeah. take the risk with a City defender? Or do you... I mean, I see a lot of people doing Raya to Edison this week, which... I mean, we'll come to it. Okay, so do you go with a City defender or even a City keeper? Or do you go for Trent, who, again, started off really poorly against Arsenal, but then by the end of the match was the guy who basically created the equalising goal? I think... 
it's really hard. I, I don't really see that many clean sheets to the end of the season for any team. City, despite them dominating almost every match, seem to concede one stupid goal per match, right? <laughs> Liverpool, however, looks like they're able to keep clean sheets when they play at home, especially. So I would like to have, although I probably will price myself out by going Salah, but it'll be nice, I guess, to have Trent for the double game week 34 in which they have two home games. So that'll be nice. I wouldn't get... I wouldn't necessarily bring in a Liverpool player this week unless it's you purely have... Um, you know, um, you're f- doing forward planning, right? So you don't expect a clean sheet from Chilwell. You can't afford to go trend. Your rest of your team is perfect. You've got no one else to transfer in. Yeah, why not? Make the... Or you could just save the transfer and do it next week, I guess. Yeah, although for those of us who are fading in 32, that you, you almost... Like, it feel, you feel obligated to make a transfer. Oh, you yeah, can't yeah, save. yeah. That's right, that's right. Then I would do it this week. Um, I would... I would think... I would think Liverpool has a slightly higher chance... Or at least Trent has a higher chance of returning against Leeds compared to Chelsea Chilwell against Brighton. Talk to me about City defenders. It's hard because in the past, City defense was pretty easy, right? You go Cancelo. Attacking return potential, clean sheet potential. We've lost that now. And I don't... I mean, I've looked at the stats. Like, since the World Cup, none of these defenders have returned anything. Stones did get an assist in the Champions League this week and does seem to be good for bonus. Like you mentioned, City have mastered the art of conceding a stupid goal against the worst opponents every week. But on paper, these are fixtures they should be cleaning in, right? Leicester struggle for goals. City should get a clean there. Fulham don't have Mitrovic, should get uh, a clean. West just Ham. <laughs> we know just... now for sure Madison will score some outrageous out-of-the-box screamer in like the 87th minute or something like that. It's going to be like Iheanacho 90 plus 5 or something like that. Yeah. Wipe out everyone's clean sheet. Madison comes out with a three-point, a haul, you know, goal and three points. You just jinxed it, Siva. Well, talk to me. I mean, would you go for a City defender or would you do... Again, this does seem like a fairly popular move against the more, let's say, let's call them, you know, they'd like to think of themselves as analytical managers. I just say pe- people who follow... All these FPL models, they like they want to do Raya to Edison. Right, I, I wouldn't do a keeper transfer. Yeah, I, I can't not. get on board on that. I mean, I know no matter how much math you show me, especially it's David Raya. He he's capable of getting ten points this week and making you regret everything you've done. So I, I'm like not on thirty saves in one game. Exactly. So <laughs> conceding gonna... goals, but like just calling purely on save points. Yeah. So you're not going to sell me on that. But defenders, I I I'm half tempted to think about RK. But I almost know like the moment I do it, I'm going to regret it. So talk me into it or talk me out of it. I think with Shaw being injured, Chelsea kind of being... A lot of us already have Newcastle assets. Probably have Estupinen. But even then, Brighton... Yes, they look good attacking-wise, but defensively, their fixtures... I don't see that many clean sheets coming up. So there's, there's just so few options that it's only a Liverpool defender for the doubles or a city defender and hopefully over the next eight game weeks they have a few clean sheets here and there so with that in mind i think the only city defender i'll probably go for is ake i think or stones maybe i'll I'll go for the cheaper most nail the cheapest nail option there is 
Because you're not going to get many attacking returns. Not getting many bonus either because um, the attackers sweep it up every week. So then you're just hoping for the five, six pointers and just hope that they tick along enough to the end of the season. And is it the City Defender overtrend for you? Let's, you know, assume budget's not a problem. Oh. I think I would do trend. Um, purely to attack that, that double 34, two home games. And then maybe after that sell. But Trent is really expensive. We forgot how ex- how much money is tied up in him because we didn't really go um, to the Liverpool defenders since the start of the season, right? Like once we got off, we suddenly, wow, there's so much <laughs> money now. And we put it elsewhere. But now that we are thinking about going back then, we realize, man, Trent is really expensive. I should just mention for people who... Because I see a lot of John Stones threads this week. And, you know, John Stones does have some attacking potential, does do really well on bonus. But he still plays for Pep Guardiola, who subbed him off at 56 minutes against Southampton for absolutely no reason. Like, just, I'm bored. Let me sub him off before 60. So that's the kind of thing you're getting into. Yep. And although Pep seems like he doesn't rate Walker, right, to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's every chance that Walker plays the threat of rotation is there guys for every single City player I think not even Diaz who probably is the cornerstone of their defence I don't think even he would be safe from rotation especially if they do make it to the latter stages of the Champions League yeah decisions I, I think I, I'd feel safer with City defender over Trent, but then maybe I'm bringing the same bias I brought in with Grealish, just you know, rating the team rather than the player. Let's let's finish off a captaincy, Sam. Uh, a, a tough week this week. You got so many options. Uh, you know, I mean, we were just capping Haaland, right? Are you? Is that what you're doing, Siva? Yeah, obviously we're all capping Haaland, right? I don't know. I might captain Salah. I think you're joking, man. You. <laughs> <laughs> This was an Ollie Watkins, you know. <laughs> that okay, fair play. Your Ollie Watkins captaincy didn't go too badly. Uh, it, although it, it outscored your Rashford captaincy by one point, I think. Didn't outscore Haaland, and I I'd say we both were very fortunate that Pep subbed off Haaland because I mean two minutes later and he's getting a hat trick. Okay, so I think I think we were quite lucky. Yeah, it's pretty boring, I guess, but Haaland. There's no, there's no one else. Up. Argument to be made if you have Kane, I think. Then you could argue that Kane will be the best captaincy at home against Bournemouth. Yeah, you could make that argument. You would be wrong, but you can still make that argument. <laughs> yeah, but neither of us have Kane, so we're not going there. Haaland? Look, yeah, Haaland, Haaland. You just know that Kane's going to spend like 60 minutes. Spurs are going to be trying to break down Bournemouth. They'll score some very sweaty, you know, 78th minute winner and that'll be Kane's nine-pointer. So, no, I mean, you captain Haaland. Haaland's probably going to score a hat-trick and be off by 60 minutes. He's back in full sort of... Again, you know, Thanos, right? This whole team is Thanos. It's so annoying, right? Haaland's just come back and he hasn't missed a beat. That goal against Southampton... Downing right? the milk bi- and stuff. Yeah, I mean, downing milk and... That, that bicycle kick goal, right? It's so, What's so annoying about it is he didn't need to do that, right? He's unmarked. He could have taken a touch, brought it down, slowly passed it into the goal. But no, he's, he's Haaland. I just got to do this, you know, just to show off. Yeah. Captain Haaland, guys. 
gonna be boring, but he is probably gonna score the most points, and that's what you want from your captain. Yep. Uh, very very uh deep analysis there. Uh, that that's what people come for. <laughs> I think that's us done for this week, Sam. Is there anything oh, else you want to talk about? Yeah, I do actually, Siva. I do. I realized looking at um my FL page right now that when we're discussing midfielders, I forgot about a certain player. Very close to my heart, despite me not owning him. Who? Gabriel Martinelli. Ooh. Okay. Are, are you not pissed off, Siva? Do you were you like me who sold Saka for Ma- Saka when he hauled and then kept Saka and saw Martinelli when Martinelli started to haul? Brought him yeah. back again for the double and then sold him after that and then he's hauling more. Like, I feel I, I can't get this decision right between Saka and Martinelli. Keep picking the wrong player. Well, if it makes you feel better, I own neither now. So I'm I'm quite scared because this is the team I support and uh, I've sold all of their players simply because of doubles and whatnot. And they now go into a run of very good fixtures. I mean, not a run. It's two games. They got West Ham and Southampton. We should smash both teams. A jog of two, two good yeah. fixtures. But it... It is what it is, right? I mean, it is hard to justify bringing them back in because 33 is City, 34 is Chelsea. Thirty, Well, Chelsea, I guess, is an easy game, but it's a single game week in a double. And then Newcastle in 35, Brighton in 36. Again, just a single fixture. It It is painful to watch them scoring, but I, I'm just going to you know close my eyes and, and hope they don't do too well against West Ham while still winning. And in South, and then, in 32... Yeah. You know, with you and I are both free hitting, so it's easy for us. If you ah, don't yeah, have, yeah, but you don't have free hit, then it it's hard to resist the temptation. But again, I still think the fixtures ultimately just don't justify uh, jumping back there. I, I think it's it's a hard case to be made. It's one you just got to sort of swallow it for these next two. Yep. Okay, I just wanted to bring in Martinelli, I guess. Just to rant a bit. I was so annoyed when I saw he hauled. And Sal- and Saka got nothing. Martinelli was amazing. Jesus was amazing. You spoke about Jesus a few weeks ago. And again, yeah, Easter you know, Sunday, Jesus. It, yeah. it was written. It was fated, prophesied. And he uh, looks like he will probably be hauling against West Ham again. Because West Ham, what? 5-1 defeat to Newcastle. If nothing else, I don't know why we're doing this, but you should... Go and listen to Mikel Antonio's podcast, the one he does at Callum Wilson. Because yeah, it's just... Fo- footballers, football. Fo- yeah, football fo- it's a horrible name. Footballers, football, football podcast. <laughs> but it is just 30 minutes of Callum Wilson laughing at Mikel Antonio and telling him he's going to be playing championship football next season. Like, he has, this guy has no mercy. He even did the Macarena in front of the West Ham fans after scoring it. Because they had a bet, I think, in the previous episode. Whoever scores first in that game does the Macarena. You got to respect that. Everybody's a content creator now. You have to respect it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I hear the Wrexham goalkeeper is a pretty good content creator as well. Yeah, I've seen him on a few YouTube vids. Um, I think that's us uh, done for this week, Sam. Anything else? No. So get those green arrows, guys. And we'll see you in our next episode. Oh, this is the thing.